Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So, have you ever met someone and you get to talking to them and you're trying to learn about each other and all they share with you is the big catastrophes of their past. It's like perhaps you're standing on the back of a boat looking at the wake of the boat and they're going, look at that wave there, that's when I got a divorce. And look over there, see that big that big wake there, that's when I had another train wreck. And the notion of standing at the back of the boat, I like the visual of it. You're standing at the back of the boat and you're effectively looking backwards. It's like, who's driving the damn boat? <laughs> Where am I going? There's none of that kind. It's all focused on the past. And certainly a lot of us um, have had some some very, very challenging past. And uh, I'm not saying ignore it, but I think you're going to like tonight's episode. The topic tonight is heal your ancestors. To heal your life. And our guest tonight is Shelly Carr. We're going to bring her on in just a minute. It, it can seem like your past is like railroad tracks. I mean, the past is the past. The, the, the milk has been spilt. The mirror has been broken. What, what good does it do to look at our past in, in a context of changing it in the context of healing it. And that's what I'm I'm really excited about tonight's episode. The, the, the notion of not only this lifetime, but past lives, past life regressions. It's, um, I think we're going to have a great episode. We should just get right to it. Um, Dr. Carr, our guest tonight, shares case studies from her generational regression practice, as well as specific exercises and meditations to bring your own family healing journey. You will discover how to alleviate the suffering of your parents, grandparents, or early ancestors, and extend the pure light of loving kindness to your own generation and even future generations. Shelly is a past life regression practitioner in private practice for 20 years and the author of eight previous books. She received her PhD in parapsychic science from the American Institute of Holistic Theology and is a certified clinical hypnotherapist, master hypnosis, and master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming. Her work has been featured on Coast to Coast AM and William Shatner's Weird or What. And you can learn more about Shelley at pastlifelady.com. Join me in welcoming Shelley to the show. Shelley, welcome to the show tonight. Les, thank you so much for having me on the show. I love the topic of past life regression, and and you're bringing the element of past life healing. Can you uh, share with us how you got into this arena of, of the work that you do? Absolutely. You know what I loved is the analogy that you did at the beginning of the show about looking off the back of the boat, um, because I don't I mean, I am a past life regressionist, and I love going into past lives, but I am one who does not actually want to look at some of the current life stuff either. I want to look at the front of the boat and just move forward. But anyway, I thought that was very interesting and very, very, um, it was an excellent analogy about, you know, I've always believed that the only reason why we should look at either the past in our current life or the past life would be so that we can resolve it so that we can turn around and look 
to the front of the boat and see what's coming next and do it in a happier, you know, way. Um, but to answer your question how I got into this, um, I grew up in a very eclectic household where I uh, grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico and lived in um, the Colorado Springs area. As a kid, my mother attended a luncheon where the guest speaker was the hypnotherapist and the woman who was the subject of the book, The Search for Bridie Murphy, which was one of the most famous past life regression cases in history that came out in the 70s. It was about a lady who, um, she was having current life allergies and it was very, very severe to the point where she'd tried a bunch of different things and finally somebody said, well, you need to go to a hypnotherapist. So when she went to the hypnotherapist, they were having her regress and say, okay, go back to your childhood and let's look at some things. And she was having a little bit of a result, but not much. And so finally the hypnotherapist said, look, I want you to go back to the actual source of these allergies. And she zapped back into this past life and she started reporting these very um, detailed accounts of her life as this woman living in Ireland. And she named people in the village, and it was very elaborate. And so this was the subject of the book. So my mom met her, got the book signed, brought the the book home. And so, you know, I don't know what other kids really (laughs) were talking to their parents about at the dinner table, but we were actually talking about, you know, is reincarnation real? Does this make sense? And the minute I heard about this less, I just thought, you know what, this makes complete sense to me. I don't know why. Even though I was a kid, it just made sense. And then as an adult, um, my fascination continued, and I had a friend who was killed in a hiking accident, and I, it, it's, it was a very um, sudden thing, and there's always these questions about, well, maybe if I had showed up to this event, maybe this never would have happened. So I carried this grief with me for many, many years, and um, eventually someone suggested that I have a past life regression to see if I could resolve it. And sure enough, I had a regression. I sensed that I had known this person before many different times. And just by the observing of the past in like through a new lens or in a different way, I was able to view the death and the whole event in a different context. It just lifted this burden off of me. And I felt so wonderful and so transformed that I said, my gosh, this is going to be my mission. I need to help other people because I know that this is going to help a lot of other people, and that's when I um, started pursuing this. Well, let's break down what you just said. I mean, here you are in your lifetime now, and you're feeling whatever, nominal, normal, whatever, and and that can have elements of, that, that you want to resolve, and you do a past life regression. So your 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 body's here and now, but your consciousness goes back in time to a previous life, and then by connecting with that moment consciously, you release energy that was had accumulated in your psyche. And when you release that energy, your real-time now persona feels different. Is that right? Absolutely, yes. Now, wait a minute. Isn't time this linear thing and we can get a yardstick out and, you know, um, (laughs) this sounds like it's not as linear as it might seem. The process that you, you know, that I take the regression clients and things through, we act as if it's linear, but as you know, it is not linear. It's happening simultaneously, and this is one of the reasons why um, these journeys affect the here and now. Well, I was just channeling some of the listeners, because I I know some of them might be raising an eyebrow if this is their first exposure to past life regression, actually healing your present life. for myself, the I had been raised in a real uh, Christian household, and past life regression was woo-woo, and we never, ever, ever, ever talked about it. And then once I got out on my own, I gave myself uh, a past life regression session for my birthday a long time ago. And... Uh, 
it, it, I didn't know what to expect, and I'm laying there, and, and we're, we're doing the thing, and man, oh man, in that moment, I connected with um, a moment in my past life, and I was on a, a really big-ass ship like Nina, Pina, uh, Nina, uh, the Santa Marie, like Christopher Columbus, kind of, in the middle mm. of the ocean, in the middle of the night, in a hurricane. And everybody had been washed off the boat, and they were in the water drowning. And, and what what a moment to come into a fast life. <laughs> and I look up, and here comes my wave, and poof, I'm thrown off the boat, and now I'm in the water drowning. And, um, and wow. in this lifetime, water has been such a uh, extremely traumatic element for me. If I'm in over my head, I feel so so uncomfortable, and 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 to connect with that past life, I can see some of the the imprinting of my psyche that that I brought this this angst of water with me into this incarnation. When when you look at using past life regression to heal. Um, been doing it for quite a while now. Do you see real common themes, or like um, fear of, um, fear, like myself, fear of water, fear of being abandoned, or is it is it really a very diverse um, type of um, issue? I guess it depends because. There's in some context, just about any issue that somebody has can actually be addressed through that modality because what we're asking is the same thing that the hypnotherapist asked in the 70s, you know, to go back to a source event where this issue that the client has come to address, you know, um, can be found. So that source event could could be something that happened to us earlier in our current life or it could be back in the Middle Ages. Just like with you, like you've had this thing about water, you know that's traumatic. Definitely phobias, whether they're of water or fires or different things, um, any kind of fear or phobias are, are really um, very effective using this method because we're just saying let's go back to the actual source event and then in a safe um, environment where you know you're surrounded by light and you know that you're very protected, then just witnessing that can sometimes make that you know that energy go away, so that maybe you're not quite as maybe you come out of it. In your case, I'm just using this as an example. You would come out of it. Maybe you still have respect for the water, but it's not you know carrying the same emotional charge as it did before you made the discovery. And so in that case it actually can bring um, banded energetic circulation back to the current situation in the current life, you know, and really just help people emotionally, spiritually feel better. So there are patterns, I guess, as well. I mean, I always, in a very simplistic way, obviously, we're very complicated as people. I mean, we have a lot going on within us. But on a broad generalization level, most people are dealing with issues relating to love, their health, or you know, money, abundance, you know, whatever you want to call that, prosperity issues. So most things will evolve, involve those three arenas and or phobias or would be another one, absolutely. Well, now, you've been doing this for a while, and you've worked with thousands of people all over the world. And your method um, comes combines energy work and hypnosis, which has been endorsed by Dr. Raymond Moody and Dr. Brian Weiss. How how do you wrap the energy work in, into that? Um, I, I had a near-death experience back in 2000, and when I came out of this light tunnel, I don't know, I just had an awareness of things that were completely out of my current life awareness and one of the things that was really very clear is the thing that we, you know, we read about it in books, but it was really um, on a more experiential level, very clear to me that thoughts really are things 
and that they really are sitting in our energetic field so that, you know, if I want to talk about my life in the Middle Ages, I'm, I'm just using that again as an example, I can talk about it all I want. I could go back into this visual um, image using guided imagery and hypnosis. I could go see that, but that there's also an energetic component of that memory that is in the energetic field. So somehow I started just understanding that those those thought forms, those pieces of stuck energy like we've discussed, you know, that they could actually start to lift off of people simultaneously while helping them talk through things. You know, the talking seems to be helpful in addressing to the conscious mind, but then the energetic component, when that starts to move and that heavy energy starts to lift or whatever, the person gets a new energetic circulation that then causes the shifts that are taking place to be really profound and lasting and incredibly transformational so that they can really emerge from the experience, you know, really renewed and, you know, like a new person, really, really letting go energetically of those heavy things that, as you were discussing in the beginning of the show, that the things that we're looking at at the back of the boat, you know, we don't need to look at them anymore because we're not even in that that mind space anymore. We're just totally in this place of peace and we're fully ready to turn around and face the future in a, in a light and more relaxing way. Well, I like that. And I like what you mentioned earlier about the past and the present both being in this thing, the same now as the past. And and we've talked about that many times on the show where where there's only one now and all of quote time unquote exists in the same now. The the notion of so so we're talking about a past life in in a person's persona where they've they've loaded up some trauma or dogma or karma or however you want to contextualize it, and then in this in this lifetime through past life regression you go back and connect with that time and you release existing heavy dense energy out of the persona and that ripples forward into now um, would it be possible to instead of remove energy yes remove energy yes do healing but infuse energy um, infuse energy in the past, create new energy. Um, and, and what I'm getting at here is when you do energy work on people, people can feel very fried or wiped out energetically. and It's like they've lost their substance or their grounding. And I like the idea of sod, grass, green grass. I mean, it's Mother Nature. It's something everything can relate to. If I quote, lay down sod, unquote, in my energy persona, all my cells are happy, my body's happy. It's like the vibration of nature itself. Can you go to a past life regression and infuse a new energy dynamic? In other words, add energy to that point of the timeline and have it ripple forward into the present moment. Yes. Um, I had a book come out, I guess it was in earlier 2020, called Meet Your Karma, The Healing Power of Past Life Memories, where in that book I really do break down um, the process that I use to work with clients. So when we go back into the past, we're going to look at this source event, we're going to um, you know, lift the vibrational frequencies of any unwanted influences, let's say, and then, yes, infuse these things with light. And, you know, in that space, like let's say we're at that source event, okay, great, what lessons did you learn? How can we apply this to the life that we're learning now? And, like, really help, I help people, like, really understand there's a lesson there. Um, you know, a lot of skeptics have asked over the years, you know, is how do we even know that any of this stuff that comes out of these sessions is even real and, you know, in my opinion, it doesn't actually, you know, first of all, there's no way for me to, to really prove that these things are real or not. But as long as the client feels better and, more importantly, 
in that space, you know, understands that I went into this little visual image and I'm describing this thing now because this thing that I was doing there is the same thing that I'm doing in my current life. You mentioned patterns earlier. Yes, that many times what they identify is the fact that they are doing the same thing then as they're doing now. And so by the acknowledgement of that and the, the idea that we are learning lessons and then we infuse this any you know difficult scenes with love and light, and so we start to shift those energies and then all of that higher frequency material begins to ripple through time and the result person you know, feels more calm and more peaceful about the current life so that they can move forward in a new way, you know, feeling better than they did before they started. Right. Very nice. I like that. Well, now, we've kind of laid out the, con- the context of past life regression as it uh, relates to ourself where we're, we, the client or whatever, are going back to our own past life. But time out. Your new book brings a new element. <laughs> Talking about genealogical regression, where we're kind of stepping out of our thread and we're looking at the family dynamics, like the past life of our relatives. Um can you give us a, a contextualization of genealogical regression and what that means? Yes. Yeah, this is, um, like you said, that's the groundwork. So really, if somebody comes to see me, again, I'm saying, okay, you're going to tell me what the challenge is. Most of the time people come because there's a challenge. Sometimes they're curious, they want to try a regression. Okay, great. But most of the time they're there because there's something they need to work on. So we're going to attempt to go back to the source event or to the most compelling information that will help that soul understand why they're going through this stuff that they're dealing with in their current life. So at times, because all of my processes, you know, I'm using a lot of my intuition to try to gauge where people need to go. Um, I can ask you, hey, Les, is this the source event? You can tell me yes or no, but I could still have a feeling, well, you know what, I'm just not feeling it. I don't feel like we're quite there yet. And so at times, um, again, I've been doing this also for many, many years, Um, probably maybe, you know, five years into it or something, I started realizing that if I'm sensing this isn't quite, we haven't quite really pulled this challenge out by the roots, so to speak, then I would say, okay, let's go have a, a visionary encounter with your mother and your father in this current lifetime. And I was guided to say, okay, go ahead and ask mom or dad, is there anybody who needs special healing for the family, for their side of the family? And let's say mom says, yes, our family needs healing. Okay, great. So I figured out that we could go down and travel back in time not to the individual's own past lives, but to actually travel into events where the person would then have a visionary encounter with people who they would then identify as their ancestors on whichever side of the family tree they decided to you know, examine at that time. And so then what we found is, of course, just like the past life situation, most of the time we're going to go into something that maybe isn't you know, as pleasant as we would love it to be. That's why it's causing a challenge. And by sending transformational healing light, by figuring out, okay, what's the problem? How can we help everyone there feel better? Sending light and then, you know, noticing, let's say, this light moving. Then once that person in the ancestral past begins to feel better, a lot of it is just um, I'm holding the space. And, you know, eventually I'd say, okay, just let Let's put some light on this situation and let me know when this feels better. So after a period of time, they'll say, yes, this feels better. Okay, great. Let's bring now, now that we can see this person feels better, let's imagine because they're feeling better, that means that every single ancestor between that early ancestor and today is going to begin feeling better because they feel better. And so you can start to bring that energy forward 
through the various members of the family all the way up to, let's say we're talking about mom, and then all the way to the client and then even project that out into the client's own children and or future generations as well. And it makes just a really big shift in consciousness that creates a very expansive, peaceful space and sometimes is the actual source event of challenges that people are having because what real scientists are starting to understand through some of the recent um, research that they're doing is that up to 50% of who we are as people and how we're showing up in the world is directly brought through our DNA. And so what that tells me is that we need to be thinking about our ancestors. I'm always into, yes, we need to think about maybe our past lives and and working on forgiving people in our current life, but we better be putting our ancestors in the mix as well because it's a huge part of who we are as human beings in this present life experience, and it makes a huge impact on our general well-being and happiness. I'm, I'm just totally convinced of it. Wow. Wonderful, wonderful words. I like that. Well, the... Um when the soul decides to incarnate again, you know, they're up there looking at the brochure, incarnate on planet Earth, it'll be fun. <laughs> when, when, the soul, when the soul's looking to incarnate, it chooses the family dynamic very carefully uh, yes. to, to choose a context, a, a, a crucible, so to speak, for you to incarnate into the family dynamic, and a lot of uh, people incarnate into really a, a karmic train wreck. And if the soul chooses a family dynamic where it's it, there's a lot of pain and anguish as the crucible for a person to go in and learn the nature of karma, so to speak, and then, and then the possibility of reaching back into the wake of the boat, so to speak, and, and toning down the waves to heal the waves, to dissipate the turbulence, to dissipate the, the, the heavy, the, the dense, the challenge. It, it's a curious thing that the soul chose to incarnate into the tough stuff, and, and also we can reach back in time and heal not only our own stuff, but our ancestral stuff. Can you speak to that? Absolutely. I think, again, I'm still loving your your vision about the, the back of the boat. Yes, because that's exactly what we're talking about. What if you're looking on the back of the boat and it's just waves everywhere and that you could consciously use your consciousness to tone that down a little bit, and then, yes, that's going to ripple out into the present life experience. So... You know, you're just, you know, let's say you just show up to listeners, show up to work. They're just a little bit more relaxed today. They're just a little bit more peaceful. And so then when we show up in the world feeling better than we did before, then everyone around us then has to respond to us in this new way. And then, you know, it just changes your whole dynamic of how you are moving out into the future. Because it's all, it is it's happening simultaneously. I think it, I'm still convinced, though, that as long as we're in this human body, we probably can't ever really fully understand the vastness of God and the cosmos. But to the best of our ability and, and to the best of our current scientific understanding, you know, we really are starting to prove scientifically this idea of multiple dimensions and the interconnectivity of time and space. And so, you know, it's just taking um, stressful times, every person alive, you know, it's easy for us to look at our neighbor and think, wow, their life looks like it's going great. But every person alive has troubles at different times because I really do believe, um, speaking to what you mentioned a minute ago, yes, I believe that before we got here, we were floating around before we arrived talking to our creator, however it is that went, and we're making kind of... We're um, ordering off the menu <laughs> of what it is that we're going to be served here when we arrive. And 
then when we get here, we're going, OMG, you know, I don't know that this is exactly what I had in mind. Uh, and so then we're trying to figure out how we can smooth the waves in the back of the boat. And so by just lifting ourselves up out of the current moment struggles and, you know, complexities and just getting broader vision, which is one of the gifts of doing any kind of meditation or guided imagery, it just takes you into a different perspective that just tones those waves down a little bit and then you begin moving forward. And I, I really think that we're here to learn and grow and and discover ourselves and try to, you know, bring all of this wisdom with us forward as we move toward the future so that, you know, if we're coming back the next time, you know, we'll we'll be doing all of this more peacefully. We'll be able to help our fellow beings along the way in in greater ways because we've worked on ourselves and just shown up in the world a little bit more present and a little bit more peaceful so we can be there for other people. And it's just all part of the interconnected web of consciousness that we're all experimenting with here. I like that. Well, I can easily think that my karma is mine. I mean, I have my karma and other people have their karma. But now that we're talking about past life regression and genealogical regression, can we pick up trauma from our ancestors or perhaps suffer from the transgressions of our forebears? You know, that's um, that idea is certainly something that's very prevalent in spiritual texts around the world. I mean, we all have heard in the Bible, you know, that's a big um, part of biblical theology is this idea that the sins of the father really are being replayed on the son in certain ways. Um, I I don't know to what extent, I guess. I I still feel like we have choice and free will to try to hopefully transcend the things that we're coming in here with. But there is, again, uh, hard scientific evidence that's suggesting that, again, our personalities and things are really being brought in largely from the ancestors. So I think there is something to this. I, I think several years ago I probably would have said no. But as I've worked with more people now and as I've really kind of come to this understanding, I think there probably is some aspect of that. And like you said earlier, I you know, we don't I don't believe that we choose all of these things that I, I feel like we choose them. I don't think that these are just random things that are being thrown at us so you know when we choose our family assuming that we do that's a real soul contract i think that we have to come into certain families and if let's say there is things around the past everybody's got a past so do we not potentially on some level make an agreement to try to help heal the family as we're moving forward not only in our own healing but in healing actual family members and try to transmute some of those things from the past i believe that yes quite possibly we really do i like that well the you know i I, i'm just sitting here imagining the the threads of past lives over individual and family dynamics and boy planet earth has had such (laughs) i cannot under understate how bumpy of a road humanity has had with um, here on Earth. And it seems like um, souls have uh, have kind of, I don't know, graduated or decided enough's enough. It's, you know, time to clean up the mess. Because here you and I are talking about um, healing generational issues in this lifetime. And I'm pretty sure that didn't happen in mass uh, in a high volume for the past thousands and thousands of years. Do you, do you think that to listen to a show like this and get a book like yours, that if if we're attracted to this topic, that um, perhaps part of our soul agreement is that we are the vessel, we are the medicine, we are the elixir that that um, we agreed to on a soul contract level? 
Absolutely. You know, you're, what you're saying is something I've thought a lot about, especially since this book came out. I've I've heard some from so many people who are just saying, oh, thank God I need to help my ancestors. I've always had a feeling that I need to do this. And the thing is, is that, um, you know, to watch like a lot of people do, those, those really wonderful shows, like I love... Um, Finding Your Roots with Dr. Henry Louis Gates, where he talks to the celebrities. And it's very emotional, you know, when people find out about who were their ancestors and the struggles that ancestors, even less than 100 years ago, some of the struggles that people had just trying to survive, you know. I mean, when you're speaking about what you just mentioned a minute ago, it just reminds me, you know, there's no way anybody before this generation could have had the kind of back-and-forth discussion or the luxury to be able to think about such things as what we're talking about tonight, because you're just trying to survive. I mean, when you really think about some of the hardships just to make it, just to, you know, get through life and all the things just struggling against you, like physically keeping you alive on this planet, it's kind of a miracle that any of us are even alive, you know. And we've made such advances, particularly in the last 100 years, the last 50 years. I mean, it's just mind-bending how far we've come um, technologically, and, you know, I kind of believe we have help from aliens or whatever, but for whatever reason, we are here at this time for a reason. We are way advanced. So in there's this um, there's this thing called the hierarchy of needs. It's, it's like a triangle, right? If we have food to eat and if we feel some relative safety, then we can kind of move up the branches to higher thinking. And right now we're having an ability in the current society to engage in higher thinking about how we can really evolve as a species um, because we aren't facing some of these other challenges. And so I think that if we do take this on, and again, the exercise in the book, we can take two minutes just to send love to our ancestors. It's just a shift in consciousness. It's so quick. But I feel like we you know, if we take that on, that that's so helpful. And yes, perhaps we really did come here with part of that as our mission, you know, because we want, I think most people, your listeners, are the kinds of people who are like the rest of us. We really feel like, hey, we're on to something. We're really lifting up into um, a higher space where we can, you know, really learn to love each other and have the kind of world that we all want to live in. And so I think this is a huge part of it. It can be. Well, very nice. Um, now, in your work, you also take people into memories of the future. What? How does that work? <laughs> yeah, that I've been doing for a long time. Um similarly to this idea, you know, that we've talked about so far, I mean, the idea that consciousness and time are not linear, that all things are actually happening in some plane of existence, that would then have to include the future because there would not be just the past, the present. We would have to also be able to go into the future. And so it occurred to me that, you know, a lot of people are, let's say we're we're in our life uh, we're bogged down, we're stuck, we don't know what's next, we don't even know how, maybe we know what we want, but we have no idea how we're even going to begin the process of getting there. So can actually go out into moments in their future that have not happened yet. And this is the one area, you know, any person who's doing hypnotherapy, you don't want to really guide people specifically to certain places you want to kind of let them go where they need to go but in the future because the future is theoretically filled with infinite possibilities so there is a happy place out there for all of us so i would take people to the place where they feel happy and they're healthy and and the issue that they came to resolve was not only resolved but maybe they were moving forward on their sole purpose and they were doing that successfully and so once they get into this space in the future it's like they're remote viewing on themselves in a future scene. Then from that future event, you can kind of do a reverse engineering where I can say, okay, great, so you've already done this. You're there. You see that this is working out. So how did you get to this place that you're so happy? 
and they'd say, well, you know, first I read the book, and then I listened to Wes's show, and then I did this and that and the other, or whatever it is that they did, and they can start to see the steps that they took to lead themselves out to the future. So when the client then comes back from the session, um, we we kind of reinforce that because, again, you know, everything in our life is up to us. You know, we have to take personal responsibility to take the actions that are going to create what we want to create in life. And so if they can come out of the session and believe in themselves and believe in the journey that they've had and the idea that maybe when they leave the office or whatever or they leave the call, maybe I will go ahead and pick up that book. Maybe I will listen to the show and do this, this, and this and just see where it takes me. And then as they do that, for many people, they start to unfold and create the future that they truly want to have, and they begin to live the life that they truly love and um, that brings them great joy and peace. Very nice. I like that. You're you're flipping it over temporally, and you're like it, uh, reverse engineering, like you said. Now, if we if we look at the the journey of the soul and on one end, we have pain and suffering and misery and whatever. And on the other end, we have saviors walking around going, come on, y'all, belly up to the bar. You're going to be doing everything I have done. And mm-hmm. if we look at that as a, a scale of, of the journey of the soul, now, how far can a human persona um, transcend their karmic imprinting? I mean, if if Jesus and others are saying, well, you're going to do everything I have done, how far can we go with this work in a single lifetime? Wow, that's a really good question. I got really into um, going over to Vipassana, which maybe you've heard of, maybe some of your listeners have heard of, which is a it's a silent retreat. It's a Buddhist retreat because I also do a lot of meditation. I did transcendental meditation for 15 years, and I still do that sometimes. But I also, uh, a couple of years ago, I went to Vipassana, which is a it's a 10 day silent retreat that is supposedly the original teachings of the Buddha. It's very scaled down. You're not really following any instructions other than breathing. It's it's really really hardcore because. You're, you're not doing mantras or any of these things. And and the techniques are supposedly those that are discussed by the Buddha in terms of trying to get ourselves as far along as we can get in this lifetime. And I think, you know, when I, I think about when I found these different techniques during my life path, you know, when I found Transcendental Meditation, how helpful it just oh just meditating and learning that technique i just felt like like we talked about at the beginning of the show just but at an even different level just tons of energetic garbage if you will just flying off you know and the vipassana then took that to an even deeper level and i and i still say though that the past life regression work and the guided imagery work also um does the same thing so i i think it's just a matter of just working on oneself I, and again, do, I don't know, there, there's some mix between we have free will and yet we came into each incarnation, I think, with a plan of what we were ideally coming here to do and to learn. So I guess that would just depend on what people are here to learn and do. How far can we take this? I don't know. I mean, you know, like you said, Jesus has said we can do this, as have others. Um, I think it's all within us if we if we give it our best, you know. Like a little a bit of a teeter totter. I mean, if if I go into an elementary school and grab some kid by the ear and drag his fanny up and shove him in college, there's something about the journey. I mean, you know, we don't just leapfrog um, our energy. I mean, how many people have prayed and said, you know, God save my ass, or I'm in suffering away and there's no poof and we're not glowing orbs of light. In other words, um, for our souls to choose to incarnate into tough challenges, 
for our souls to choose to take some of these more challenging paths. There's There's got to be value to the journey, and yet to become powerful healers, to be able to wipe that away in a powerful way, that it almost like it's a dichotomy between those two. How would you uh, perceive? Well, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, you know, every single human alive is having difficulties. I mean, even Jesus himself, his life, you know, he was amazing, he was wonderful, and yet he was persecuted. And so all of us have, you you use the term crucible, which I love, because it's like, you know, that saying, you know, we all have our cross to bear. Everybody has challenges, And I think, like you said, you don't just wake up and suddenly you're in a little floating ball of light floating around in the universe. You know, you have to go through some hard times and learn and grow and transcend those things. And, you know, through that, I think, you know, sometimes when we suffer ourselves or we go through things that are very difficult, that's how we learn things that we can do to help somebody else not go through those things, you know. And I think that's all part of the journey. And so... um, you know how far we go with it. I guess is just set on our intention, and but also, like you said, we don't need to spend the rest of our lives staring out the back of the boat and realizing, yeah, I did this and this and this was horrible. We've got at some point to say, you know what, I did the best I could at that time. I wouldn't do those things again if I knew what I know now. But I bless it, I release it, and I'm moving forward. But I'm going to take the wisdom that I got from falling down several times so that I can take that with me. And bring that and transmute that into something that can be very usable as I go on this path of trying to create more peace and joy in my life and then therefore in other people's lives as well. Very nice. I love what you just said. Beautiful. Hey, uh, we got about 10 minutes left. Let's, uh, let's talk about your book itself now. Um, when you write a book, they always say, well, who are you writing the book for? Who's your audience? Um, who did you write this book for? I really wrote it for um, the actual students and the seekers who hopefully will find it because I put a lot of, I put all of my guided journeys in here. So everyone because I'm a big believer, like, you know, everybody needs to have access to this information if they choose so that they can use it and hopefully it can help them. And so, you know, I I put a lot of case studies in there. I mean, the case studies are entertaining to a certain degree, but one reason why I include case studies is because I think when people can see or read about other people who they came, they had challenges, and then they were able to either overcome or they were getting new understanding about themselves it hopefully gives the student and the seeker, the reader, this idea that, wait a minute, if they did it, maybe I could do it too. And then in the then there's the section, which is just all guided journeys that people can take. Um, I want to give that to people so that they can use this as a tool to, in whatever way uh, that hopefully can be helpful to them on their path as they move forward in their lives. So. Well, very nice. Now, you talk about case studies in the book. Do you have any you would care to share? I would, yeah. Um, one of my favorite ones, you know, a lot of the, I mentioned earlier that when people talk about their ancestors, you know, on the TV shows that we all love to watch, you know, it can be very emotional to see that your ancestors suffered and things like that. So it, it's it's really the same even in these um, journeys that clients take, they can still get just as emotional when they have these epiphanies about their ancestors. So one lady had come, um, you know, in the book I talk about different things that we can address. We can address physical challenges. We can address spiritual or emotional kinds of challenges. And so one of the case studies, the woman really came, she was having migraines, and it really turned out to be more than just a physical healing that she received, she started talking about um, just her life and where she was at in life. She had been working as a an emergency room nurse for many, many years, and she always had felt like that was what she was supposed to be doing. But I think every person alive 
everybody at some point, even if you're on the right path, you're going to question, you know, should I really be doing this anymore or was there something else I needed to be doing? And so she was kind of at a philosophical crisis in her life as well. And so we ended up going, and she mentioned this fact about her mother had been a nurse, her grandmother had been a nurse, and this was kind of just something that was in this one side of the family. So that kind of caused me to say, okay, well, we're definitely going to go down the family line and see where all of this comes from. So she ended up going way back to one of her great-great-great-great-grandmothers who was in the Civil War, and she had a very deeply visionary encounter seeing her grandmother on the battlefield, tending to the sick and dying, blasts, cannon blasts, and all this chaos all around her. And so this um, jarred the soul, kind of. You know, it's, We talked about like heavy energy in the field. This kind of put some chinks in the energetic armor, let's just say, that were being carried forward through time to all of the subsequent generations. Not only did they want to serve in this way as nurses and as caregivers, but they also had this this energy, and this energy had manifested itself in these occasional migraines. They weren't the worst migraines that somebody could have, but it was still problematic. But what ended up happening more than the epiphany about the actual medical condition was that when the woman came back, she was just really, really emotional. She was kind of just really just shocked. She said, my gosh, my grandmother, she was just there. She was just helping people so selflessly. And it just made her very emotional. And she said, you know, I'm never going to question this again about the fact that this is what I'm here to do. I'm here to do this and I'm going to do it. I'll never question it again. And I think... From a healing standpoint, you know, having that kind of clarity in one's life is almost a bigger healing and a bigger benefit than even any physical healing that people can have because sometimes the emotional things can be even harder to take than some of the physical things. But she really walked out very transformed, I would say. Right. Nice. It's, I mean, perhaps it's the same with you, but... What's the cosmic two by four cracks you open, and you kind of get the bigger picture, and you you heal your stuff, you heal your the junk in the trunk, and you learn to stand on your own feet and to kind of own your life. Um, that's powerful stuff. I mean, to be able to go through that, and even even with your family in this lifetime, when you make changes, when you grow, when you evolve, when you heal your own persona. I mean, it it ripples out. We've been talking about going back in time and forward in time, but this this moment, this life, this here and now, is 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 an opportunity. Because as we've been talking, as you become more and more aware of how it ripples both forward and backwards, um, to take the time to work on yourself is always pay dirt for your future, so to speak. Now, if if a listener doesn't have a particular um, uh, issue or um, a difficulty they want to resolve and they're just curious, do you ever find that it, when people come to you with just curiosity and you end up finding stuff that, they're really glad they found, you know what I mean? It's like the unintentional um, release that made a change in their life. Oh, definitely. Because um, I've had people say, well, I'm going to get this regression, you know, because I've just turned, this is my birthday present to myself. You know, I'm turning X number of years old, and this just felt like a bucket list thing that I've always wanted to do or whatever, or they're curious, like you said, and... um, there's still, though, somewhere under the surface of that curiosity, every person is still questioning certain things about themselves or wondering things. And so invariably, I always intend that this session is always for highest good. You know, whatever the person really most needs to have occur at that moment that will give them peace and give them understanding and, like you said, just help them with that self-understanding that is a lifelong journey, as we know, 
that will definitely emerge even if curiosity is the only actual intent that they set. And I think sometimes that idea of just showing up and saying, well, I'm just curious or I just want what's for highest good. I'm not going to try to give you the laundry list of what that would be. You know, you're still going to get what you need to get out of it. And sometimes you, it's even more liberating in that way because you're not, sometimes we we get attached to certain kinds of outcomes or what we think is going to happen. And invariably, a lot of times people will come in with certain preconceived notions about what they think based on some inner feeling they have. And then they walk out going, wow, that wasn't anything like what I had thought or, you know. Sometimes it's validated, but sometimes it's the exact opposite. And so there's usually some epiphanies that do happen, absolutely. Wow, wonderful. Hey, now, we've talked about all kinds of stuff, and we've talked about your book. Let's talk about you. Can you share with the audience your platform, your modalities, um, what kind of clients you work with, your website? It's time to to showcase you? Yes. Um, my website is pastlifelady.com. So um, on there I have a link now to my YouTube channel. I've got a, dif- a lot of different kinds of videos people can see. Um, I, I've written a lot of books about gem and mineral healing as well. Um, that Those became very, very popular in the early 2000s. So um, I became kind of an expert of the healing properties of gems and minerals after kind of growing up in New Mexico and Arizona as a kid. And so I have those books. I have my past life books. I've got private sessions um, for past life regressions and, and genealogical regressions or and or whatever's for highest good um, ends up coming out of those sessions. And then people can also um, check out YouTube for different, you know, videos and my book links is right there as well. So lots of different things that I've explored over the years because I like I, I kind of like it all. I, I think it's all interrelated. The energy healing and the energetic aspect is definitely tied to the interior mind, and so I've explored that in a lot of different ways over the years. Very nice. Well, I've really loved having you on the show, and and surprise, surprise, I'm going to be on your show next week. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, I can't wait. That's going to be great. Now, now beat me up. Don't be gentle. Don't, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about um, one of your new books, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I started the podcast in the pandemic just to meet interesting people such as yourself, so I'm looking forward to having you for sure. And I've loved being on your show. Been a fun episode, Shelley. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. It's been such a, a fun conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Les. Thanks for having the show. It's amazing and um, holding the space for everyone. It's wonderful. We've been talking with Shelley Carr, and the topic tonight has been heal your ancestors to heal your life. Now, you got flesh and bones. I'm pretty sure you have flesh and bones if you're listening to this episode. And it's pretty clear that after a few million or perhaps billion prayers to the God Almighty, the, the big, that she's not going to descend from the heavens. God's not going to come down as some glowing orb and wave a wand and just make all this stuff go away. It's not going to happen. We came here for the human experience. We as souls incarnated into human form for the opportunity to be you, to be me. You have the best seat in the house. By far, no matter what your life has looked like, your physical body, your human life, your story, your dogma, the whole high mess is the best seat in the house. And I want to applaud you for showing up for yourself. Here you are. We're at the end of the episode, and you've stayed with us. I appreciate it. 
I'm glad you're here on the planet. My pleasure to bring you episodes like this to help you understand just how powerful how powerful you are as an individual. Thanks for showing up for yourself. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Always a pleasure. Until next time. This has been a New Human Living radio broadcast. You can raise your own personal power with Personal Power Fundamentals Home Study Course at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.